Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody. Danny Baldwin here. Um, I'm doing the intro alone because Josh Danford, my beautiful co-host, is um, late. Yeah, I know. Shocking, isn't it? So I'm just going to try and race through. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to this Too Stupid to Quit podcast. I'm sort of here with my lovely co-host Josh Danford, who is a multi-talented creator. Um, I'm a director and what we do is talk to creatives from all different industry industries sorry, to find out how they got to where they are now, their ups and downs, their hardships, their glories, um, all to get to the point where we ask our title question of what keeps them going in this really turbulent industry or are they just too stupid to quit? music. Hello, Josh, are you there? Yeah, yeah, sorry. He has arrived. Yeah. The Messiah is here. <laughs> Not sure about that. I've just woken up and um, sorry I'm late. It's an early one this week, um, but fear not, Josh, because I have gone above and beyond <laughs> and recorded the intro for us. What? I've recorded what you... the intro for us. I've, uh, I, yeah, I've just done it. Um, right. I okay. thought you were going to be super grateful, so this is really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> So today on the show, we have the incredible Anthony Hewson, uh, who is a voice artist. And I stole this from his website, um, but his voice is a warm, confident and natural voice, rich and earthy in tone. And you're going to hear a lot from that voice today. It's going to be absolutely delightful. Um, he's worked with some brilliant clients like Oracle Phillips, and we actually just finished a job together for the NSPCC. Uh, not only has he got my favourite voice in the entire world, he's also a stud. So check him out on Instagram if you want. Welcome to the pod, Anthony. Thanks, Danny. Uh, <laughs> I was so tempted to start them with a really absurd voice just to make you look <laughs> silly yourself. Oh, hello. <laughs> Lovely to be here. <laughs> I was quite offended by Danny saying that you've got his favourite voice in the world. I thought we were best friends, but... is mean, isn't it? Oh, that's what a man's meant to sound like. <laughs> but not what he's meant to look like. <laughs> oh, stop that. So we're going to kick off with our, uh, we start every episode with our questionable question sections. So they're professional, they're professional scenarios that you might find yourself in. Mm. Okay, so, so the first one is, as more and more directed VO sessions are happening online, we thought we'd start off with a what if. So you're, gonna, you're, you're being directed over Zoom. Yeah. And it's meant to be just an audio call. Okay. But uh, you notice the director has accidentally turned their camera on. And it's a hot summer day, you know, like what we had a few weeks back. Yeah. And they are butt naked. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I think um, it's going to depend to a degree on whether I've worked with this person before. If it was you, Danny, I wouldn't say mm. a thing. Obviously, I just enjoy the moment. Uh, this is this is how every session's been with Danny. It was uncomfortable. We were in a big studio with lots of other people, but one to one, I'm comfy. Um, yeah, so it's partly 
is this someone <laughs> I've ever worked with before? Mm. It's partly what's the subject material. Um, because it, it might help. It might get me in the mood. <laughs> um, but I think, I think realistically, I would have to say, um, Danny, Danny, um, I know this is my failing and not yours, um, but I, I find it really difficult with um, video cameras going at the same time and get distracted. It means I, I know my performance won't be all there. So can do you mind if we cut the feed on the video for the moment so I can focus on the words? Oh my god! So 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 you're you're implying that they they meant to show you that they're naked? <laughs> no 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 no. That may be how they take it. Um, <laughs> I had hoped, obviously incorrectly, that it would instead put the focus back on me and my own limitations mm. rather than them and any possible limitations in. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very diplomatic answer. Yeah, thank absolutely. you, thank you. You're accepted as a moral human being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so question two. So we're going to put you through your paces a bit here. Oh, good, good, good. Um, and as you've worked with Danny before, mm. I'm sure you were aware of how shit his directions can be. Terrible. Um, <laughs> so, so let's pretend you're in a session with Danny. Um, and Danny's going to feed you some directions for for a line I'm about to give you, and we want you to tailor your performance to his um, slightly obscure directions, if that's okay. Okay. So, so, so the I'm, line I'm just going to send it to you over WhatsApp now. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's a good idea. Okay, okay. I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the intro script. So, Anthony, you've you've got the script. Have, uh, what we'd what we'd like this script to be like is. Um, imagine, imagine a falling leaf mm-hmm. that ever so gently glides down, and that's what we're seeing. But what you're doing is being a twig drifting down a calm river. Lovely imagery. Okay. Don't laugh. Just read. You're listening to the Too Stupid to Quit podcast with the wonderfully talented ethical and slender Danny Baldwin and the handsome, eloquent and powerful Josh Danford. Oh, so sexy. <laughs> it, was, it was lovely and gentle as well. It was yeah. lovely. Josh, can we have that as our actual intro? Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> sexy. um nope okay cool (laughs) (laughs) so so i was gonna start by saying you know with with such an incredible voice the assumption would be that you were always a voiceover so so when did you start um oh um well i i recorded my first voiceover um when I was still gainfully employed by another company. Um, mm. And that's... A bit of moonlight in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, except I was moonlighting for that company. Um, it, was okay. that, it, was, it was they who asked me to do the, re- the recording. So um, I... This is, this is going back 12, 13... 13 years, I think. Mm. Uh, 
And at the time, I worked in PR and communications um, for this large um, UK firm. And I was asked to do two voiceover jobs for them. In fact, the first of the two was the voice of God uh, for an internal award ceremony. Oh, nice. Which was cool. Um, um, recorded in advance um, in a completely untreated room. I'd never done any voiceover before um, on a crappy mic <laughs> um, on a shitty computer because all of their IT was desperately out of date. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, I thought nothing more of it until until the chap Graham came back to me however many weeks later after the ceremony and said, that was, that was great, went around really well. The ceremony was a, a great success. And his director had come up to him and told him off saying, why have you blown money on hiring a professional voice artist? Which <laughs> wow. was a lovely, a lovely compliment to hear, yeah. obviously, particularly when you're contending with crappy equipment as well. Um, so that was that was that was the first one. Um, but it wasn't until I guess ten years later that I started to take it seriously at all. Wow, it's a long time. So, so, so you were just doing bits, little bits here and there, were you? Yeah, um, so I did those couple of jobs while I was working for uh, that company, and mm. I left that company to go freelance as a copywriter. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the work I've been doing was writing rather than just handling PR stuff. And within, I guess, a year or two, I'd had a copywriting client say, "Oh, could you could you record a voice for this video we're having an animator put together?" Uh, so it, it kind of it started like that, and I I do the odd thing here and there on request. And did they did they expect you to do it for free as part of your job, or were you paid as a voiceover artist? I was I was paid for it being a separate job, but not right. having looked into this at all on a professional level. Um, yeah. In spite of, I'd had comments and, and compliments and suggestions over the years, and 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 made initial um, sort of forays online trying to find more information and everything i found was quite off-putting so mm. um, i hadn't taken it seriously hadn't done anything more with it so i charged uh at my sort of copywriting rate for time which is a totally different way of doing it of course so i desperately undersold myself i, I um, think it's not just not just the not knowing but also no surely I, my, my time can't be worth that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is that i think there is that um i think everyone suffers to a degree or most people suffer to a degree with with that kind of imposter syndrome and certainly mm. just starting there's this idea that this is that you should be offering some kind of beginner's rate but you know um it's not like a, a you're a beginner artist you know can you recreate the mona lisa for me sure i've not picked up a pencil since i was four and i was terrible <laughs> then uh, but let me give it a crack how much shall i charge you <laughs> i think given what's about to emerge on the paper tuppence yeah. Um, that's a different that, that's a different story isn't it that's because clearly the the result is going to be crap and therefore not worth a great deal certainly not what you might expect from someone who's a, a professional art forger is there a such thing as a professional art forger no i think is there is must be must be oh yeah, yeah I, I, you probably wouldn't call yourself would you call it a professional because, I mean, it's criminal, isn't it? So It is if you try to pass it off as the original. But yes, if you were true. just, if you were signed it and said, I'm Bob, you know, then it's, <laughs> then it, then it's probably not a problem. I don't know. Bob, Bob's professional art forgery.com is <laughs> going right, to get yeah. some hits after this. I think it's, I'm going to set it up. Because um, <laughs> you, you've seen my artwork, Danny. And um, yes, it's impressive. 
It is um, abstract, I think is. It's a very, very positive way of looking at it. Mm, mm. How, how and why did you come across <laughs> his artwork, Danny? <laughs> I'd sent Danny evidence of, of um, something I had written when I was a kid. And um, that, oh. that, that writing was accompanied by illustrations, um, although perhaps okay. that's overstating it. Um, what yes, was uh, I, I think um, <laughs> scribbles or... <laughs> I, I, I'm actually weirdly hurt, even yes. though, even though they're terrible. <laughs> I am sorry. That's okay. Well, whilst we're on the subject of, um, whilst we're on the subject of your childhood, mm. one would assume that you know, having worked in copyright for for a long time and then wanting to get into voiceover, that you were sort of uh, creative from a young age. Is that right? Or it's a what was your reasonable assumption? Yeah, um, I. When I was a kid, my um, my mother was actually very artistic, um, and uh, she went to art college and so on. My dad um, was a sort of singer on the local folk um, circuit. Oh, um, there wasn't any sort of acting lineage um, or anything in, in the family. Um, the first I, I then took on acting and, and singing and so on, and, and did that throughout my school years and on beyond. The first production i was in uh, of any of any sort was when i was 10 i think and uh, there was a musical dracula um <laughs> i can imagine such a thing i mean it's a bizarre bizarre notion um he's gonna suck your blood, he's gonna suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could remember the songs um and actually i couldn't remember the songs then either um so it wasn't it wasn't the most auspicious start um, I'd, <laughs> I'd been cast as um, Dracula's familiar, Renfield, uh, who's the guy who ends up committed um, to a lunatic asylum. I had to come on in pyjamas, because that's what you wear in a lunatic asylum. Yeah, um, striped pyjamas, yeah. Yeah, striped pyjamas. Um, right. And I, I don't know how long into the song it was before I forgot all the words. <laughs> but it was quite soon. And... I, I know that I carried on. There was no kind of, let's finish this quickly, um, and get him off. It was just me <laughs> prancing around in pyjamas, pretending to eat worms and not, <laughs> and not singing at all. But you got away with it, I assume. Um, in, in terms of the fact that most, I suppose, parent audiences of 10-year-olds don't shout, you're shit, <laughs> get off. I got away with it in that way. Um, but I do, I do remember a boy um, with very spiky hair um, as I came off stage, giving me two hands, thumbs down. <laughs> brutal, brutal. But you know, which is that awful. So but that's really useful criticism because otherwise, I might not have known that I'd absolutely fucked it. <laughs> um, the, yeah. the real question here, though, is what did you sound like as a child? Oh yeah, that's so interesting. If anything, um, my voice Deeper. Broke, broke upwards, yeah. <laughs> so at the time, I was all like this. <laughs> Came on talking on that. It's weird. I don't, you know, I don't remember the, the change. And mm. I think it, it kind of happened in between schools because I'd gone from being at, at uh, prep school and singing in choirs and so on. Um, mm. And I, I'd just done Phantom of the Opera um, very high. And then going on to um, the next school up and not even contemplating auditioning for the choir because my voice 
had changed. That was kind of the last time I sang was as a kid. I, have, I don't I don't sing as an adult within earshot of many people anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't say I recall mine going either. I think it was probably quite a gradual process. Like everything that changed with me happened over the summer holidays. Just like beard, balls drop, <laughs> voice yeah, change. Yeah. Like I, I was, I was very short as well for a very long time. I was miniature, and I would always befriend tall people. I don't know why. So I'd come up to their waist a lot That's of the time. Really self-punishing. I know, awful. But also, you know, for, for protection. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just over summer holiday, I came back and I was just normal size. Hmm. Well, Danny, just be grateful that you're not still really short for a really long time yeah so just you're wide though so you've got that <laughs> that's always I mean, a real bonus my... i think I, th- I think people call it broad i think that's what uh the, a nice way of saying it rather than wide <laughs> yeah <laughs> stocky you know stocky solid yeah. and just just to just to contradict myself i am actually the average height so <laughs> what, what's the average height josh five foot nine okay you're not five foot nine yeah i am no you're not the doctor said so you're like this. <laughs> and, spot, and spotlight says it. So there, 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 you know, acting and performing and things like that. Um, when did that change and you you decided to go down the writing route um, and sort of become a, a decent member of society? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, I'd gone to university to do, to study drama. Right. Um, and, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. Um, but in the event, this was in the 90s, back end of the recession, and um, my parents were absolutely strapped for cash. Um, and mm. so I ended up dropping out of uni um, and, and going and working for their business, um, which is desperately dull recruitment, technical recruitment. Um, right. And I ended up doing that for years. Well, it felt like a lifetime, um, but for years um, before realizing, you know what, this, I'm not good at this particularly. <laughs> I don't enjoy this at all. The fact that I'm not good is means that I'm not actually benefiting them particularly. <laughs> I am I am an overhead and someone they wished they'd kicked out earlier of their <laughs> lives generally, not just the house. Uh, and um, and so uh, I I ended up um, I I set up a website to do copywriting on the side. And at the time, in fairness, I knew very little about copywriting. I knew about writing because I'd always written. What what was your sort of ambitions as a writer before then? It would always have been novel writing, I think. Um, and I don't know if that's a, just a, a, a love of words. Um, mm. I, I learned to read before school. So it had always been there, and, I, and I, I still have, and this is actually why Danny knows how bad my illustrations are. I still have a copy of a book I started right and didn't finish it, as is my usual way with writing. I still have a copy of a book called Un- The Underworld, which which I wrote when I was nine. I was just a oh wow. A fantasy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still time. There is still time. I could finish it. I could write the final chapter. 
Uh, <laughs> what's, what's it about, vaguely? It, it's it's a little bit Alice in Wonderland, uh, a little bit um, Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but I had these sort of dinosaur-like toys at the time, and this was clearly the inspiration because one of the diabolical in- illustrations in that book is a picture of this toy that I remember really clearly <laughs> with two heads, dinosaur head thing. So basically, I'd, I'd taken myself. It was it was a, an autobiographical and yet fictional tale. Um, <laughs> My favourite combination. Yeah, yeah. Um, of a nine-year-old boy who suddenly somehow um, ends up, he, he picks up a ring or something and, and then suddenly finds himself in this other world, the underworld. Oh, so quite, um, quite page mastery. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it, it was um, hilarious to read now. Um, <laughs> just because the idea, the way you abandon things when you're nine years old, apparently. I don't just mean the book. I mean, the something you've started describing. And think, yep, then I did that. And then suddenly you've just, you've just skipped all this opportunity. And, and just moved on to the next thing. And then I went to sleep. You know, it's just that really weird, really weird inability to actually construct stuff properly. But I think actually for a nine-year-old, it was, it was probably good. I don't have a frame of reference. I don't have children. But I think it was good. Mm. But no, so, so writing unfinished novels was always what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have, I have several of those saved on the computer. Do you think you ever get around to doing one, finishing it? Um, possibly. I think... I think that will happen um, when all the copywriting and all the voiceover work dries up and it'll be desperation. Actually, that's not true. I, <laughs> I, I, I did finish writing three children's books as well. Wow. Um, picture books. I did not illustrate them. Oh, well done. No. <laughs> they, no, no, one, no one wanted to publish them. Uh, but there was, it was kind of a challenge. I was writing one day in a, in a Café Rouge um, and someone I knew vaguely because they lived on the next street had turned up and was having coffee with their, their mum at another table and, and turned around and said, what are you doing? You know, in that way people do. Mm. What are you doing? Um, I'm writing something and I'm just a bit stuck, don't know where to take it. I never finish these things. And she said, well, why don't you write a children's book? At least you'll finish that and be short. So I did. <laughs> and she was right. Absolute piece of piss. Um, <laughs> but also probably just a piece of piss. Um <laughs> Is that what it's called? It's, it's called a piece, a piece of piss. piss, and it was strangely inappropriate. This is why it was turned down. But I say that, I say that. I was quite, I do remember seeing a book um, somehow in Waterstones or something that was called Help, Help, I'm Being Chased by a Poo, or something of that, honestly, honestly, something of that nature. Um, that really, that really caters to my sense of humour, which it, says a lot about me. I, well, I, find, I, I find it funny. I also found it quite upsetting at the time. Going, hold on, I sent out these books. They actually, were quite nice stories about a rat and a mouse who were friends, and and yet, help, help, there's a shit here. It's somehow, it's somehow on the shelves. <laughs> hard was it to change from you know being a copywriter who does a bit of voiceover here and there for clients to actually going out in the world and saying no I'm a voiceover now this is you know yeah me really really difficult um in 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 several ways um 
firstly, there's always that learning curve because I, it wasn't something I'd had previously any training in. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of self, you know, self teaching, um, and, and actually realizing that, that with all this investigation, actually, I need to, I need to talk to professionals. I need to get to know people who know what they're doing so they can advise me better, train mm. me and so on. Um, and, and get a, a demo reel recorded. Um, so I kind of made, I'd made a decision that it was time to put myself out there a bit and I'm not great at networking. I'm not yeah. someone who's, who's comfortable, um, going out, uh, introducing yourself, least of all to a room full of people. Yeah. So, um, I decided that there were two things I should do. I should investigate, um, joining the voiceover network, um, yes. which is a, an, a, a growing uh, organization that represents voiceover artists and uh, that I should get a demo reel done. So the, the two happened pretty much at the same time. I, I kind of, I turned a painful 40 and <laughs> realized that I've been dicking around on the margins with this for a decade, um, which, which is absurd, you know, to, to spend a, essentially a quarter of your life not really doing something in case you failed or it was too difficult um, or you weren't quite right for it. How do you go from, from a place like that to then putting some serious investment, financial investment into something that you, yeah. you don't know will succeed? Because like the reality is voice reels, voice demos and, you know, the voiceover network, I'm not sure what their fee is, but it's all a, a financial yeah, investment. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the things that put me off in that previous 10 years of not really doing it, hmm. uh, was thinking, well, am I just going to be throwing my money away? Um, yeah. And I think it was, it was genuinely that, um, that turning 40 thing that made me think, look, just, I have, you have a long history here of not committing to stuff <laughs> um, and being too scared of things. So, you know, just, Give it a go because right. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Fine. So even that going into, I had, I went to two um, talks with the voiceover network um, where they, they'd invite in uh, someone very well known from the industry um, yeah. and they'd give, give a talk, but there'd also be networking before and after. So I, you know, plugged up the courage and gone, <laughs> gone along and, very interesting talks, not too off-putting, masses of people off-putting. Um, so I, I, I ran away from both of those really without talking to anyone, um, yeah. which is pathetic, but true. Um, and I'm sure there will be some people listening who do identify with that, you know, Oh, me, of, 100%. Yeah. yeah, me, Lucy took Danny's, obviously, Lucy, Danny's yeah. Lucy. Yeah. Danny's Lucy is obviously a voiceover and mm. uh, she, she brought me along and even with her, sort of uh you know she's really extrovert and really good at networking even with her introducing me to people i was kind of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but even she hates it she she she's good at hiding it yes i think that's the difference i i think lucy actually is one of those people as well who does better if she doesn't know people if i have one person at a ah, networking yes, event yes. i'm like you are now my best friend. <laughs> we, yeah. we shall do everything together. <laughs> That's yeah, and I, you're right, and I'm, I'm the same way. Um, so, 
that first that first occasion, that first one I'd gone to, um, I did speak to a, a chap um, before the talk started, and it was the first time he'd ever been there either. So we had this kind of unspoken feeling that, yes, well, we clearly need to talk to other people, Yes, really, because we're of no use to each other at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> other than emotional support. Other than, yeah, vague emotional support. Mm. So we kind of went our separate ways when the talk began. Um, and and then, well, obviously, he was he was then talking to someone like a genius magician <laughs> after, after, the, after the talk, whereas I was standing there talking to my bottle of beer and thinking, this isn't empty fast enough. Um, and then running away um, like that scene in Spaced. Um, <laughs> and, so, and then the second the second talk I went to, I sat at I sat at a table at the back, and I ended up using the phone in that way that you do when you're anywhere. You're, if you're on your own, you look at a phone anyway. But if you're on your own and you don't want to look like you're desperate, you look at your phone. Yeah. Uh, so it was really only I went I I steeled myself to go to a third one. Um, but I'd paid for um, an entire weekend's workshop because wow. by this point I had had my demo reel recorded and started created a website and I'd, I'd started to put myself out there. So I thought this is a, this is now learning and the networking is something I need to bite the bullet on. Yeah. Um, sure. So you would typically over a weekend have your workshop running Saturday and Sunday and then the Friday night is like a networking intro talk. Uh, I happened, they had a, a, a raffle and there's a, a mug you can get only as a prize from the voiceover network. And I think it was to do with tweeting about it or something. And I won the mug. <gasps> yeah. So I had this awkward, oh, and now I need to ooh, receive this in front of everyone. And um, weird semi hug, kiss on the cheek with person I don't know scenario. And then. Everyone kept coming up and going, oh, we got the mug. Not with that voice. These are professionals. <laughs> but yeah, just people very excited about a mug. Um, but it meant that people initiated conversations and wow. suddenly I was talking. Yeah. And then obviously the next two days in workshops, getting to know a group of people, which is fine. Once you know someone, I'm fine. Mm. Um, so yeah. that, that kind of broke the back of that for me. And I don't feel anywhere near as concerned about going into a, a room full of people now as i used to have you ever done that thing where you've just walked up to a group that's mid-conversation oh, and fuck. stood there and then you just <laughs> nod and laugh and then you realize that that the, the conversation's bouncing around this circle and it never comes to you and then you just maybe five <laughs> minutes later just like walk away from the group <laughs> no i haven't I haven't have not. But any time oh, that's done that a, many times. Have you actually done that? Any yeah, time. I've literally walked up, yeah. <laughs> no. And, stood and then walked away. <laughs> that's so awful, but so funny. Because you see it in mm, films right. as in comedy sketches. I didn't My think life is a comedy sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think anyone really had the bollocks to do it and then not commit to it. Or or at least that someone in that group would go, Ah, hey, who are you? Rather than, what are you laughing at? Don't know who you are. I get that at weddings quite a lot. Do you? That, that whole yeah, like approaching, you know, when you're at a wedding where you don't really know anyone, yeah. like it's a, a girlfriend's friend's wedding or something like that, and you get left for five, ten minutes and yeah. you sort of awkwardly shuffle up to someone and realise that you really don't even know what to say or what to start, <laughs> yeah. and then they walk off or you walk off. Oh, but so you, so you said now, you know, you're better at doing that yeah. networking yeah. thing. Do you think part of that is that, 
when you start doing something like like voiceover for example you've just done your demo you haven't done a huge amount of work and you sort of feel a little bit inferior in that space yeah, and then yeah. as soon as you start working it you're you're i think it's that imposter syndrome isn't it yeah, totally yeah totally right yeah i think you're absolutely right um but it, it, it ought to be okay to go along to these things and say hi i'm a beginner yes um, yeah i'm i'm new to this um but the problem with that i think um is that you if you're new to something like voice work which sounds all almost conceited and that was what i struggled yeah. with actually was was introducing myself to people outside of that network as i'm a voice artist or i'm a voiceover actor or you know however you, whichever term you want to use mm. all the emphasis is on voice and it 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 seems like it feels like a boast yes yeah as soon as you're saying it I mean, I, I guess yeah. the same could be true of director or actor or anything like that. It's. But I know what you mean. It it it, it assumes that you naturally. It's it's a bit like being a model. It mm. assumes that you're naturally beautiful. Oh, I'm a hand model. That's yes. my job. Yeah, oh yeah, wow, yeah. you have wonderful hands. I'm a voice <laughs> artist. Oh, but your voice doesn't necessarily sound beautiful. You know what Lucy gets quite often. Um, if we're just like you know walking the dog or something, and they ask what what we do, and Lucy says, "Oh, I'm a voice actor." Um. Sometimes people say, "Oh, do you have a good voice?" Then, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I get similar. I get, um, oh, do, do your voiceover voice, <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, this, this is it. To be fair, obviously, it does change for certain things, yeah. and you do, you will change it. People just don't get it. Most jobs are booked based on your natural voice. Yeah, and what's more, they want someone relatable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you've got a Brian Blessed voice, that's not you don't have you. If Brian Blessed was next door, you'd move out. It's just too loud. Um, <laughs> too mad. It's too mad. Um, so, yeah, you're right. But that's the still a weirdly insulting way to respond. Oh, have you got a good voice then? It's the same thing as like, oh, what have you done? Yeah. And you're like, fuck off. Like, stuff, stuff you probably have never seen. Um. So in terms of getting work, once you'd sort of started to, to edge your way into the network, yeah. did you did you pick up bits of work, word of mouth, through the network, or did you have to find it yourself, or how do you get into both. actually working? It's both. Um, in fact, my, my main um, through the network work has been Danny. I made it all worthwhile, did I? Mean. <laughs> that was it. That was the takeaway, yes. Basically, my dreams came true uh, the first time I met Danny. So I think we've, I've had a few jobs through people I know and therefore recommendations and so on. Um, and Danny has very kindly uh, cast me for a few things now. Um, and the rest has been website, direct inquiries, um, creative agencies and production houses. Um, yeah. Either those who I've already worked with in a copywriting capacity and even some end user clients. I've, I've, I've done six uh, video animation um, explain the videos in the last two weeks for a client for whom I do a lot of copywriting. So did you reach out to them and say, um, <clears throat> oh, by the way, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm now a voice. Well, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a weird thing to say that you're a, a voice artist. Mm. Um, and I, and certainly when you already know someone yes, to say, oh, by the way, I'm this, I wasn't a minute ago, or I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't feel I'd needed to tell you about it. So I just, I just added it into my email signature on the copywriting 
yeah. um, email right. thing. And this particular client noticed it and said, oh, should you do those? Well, you've got, yeah, you've got a great voice. Um, could you, how much would it cost us for this? And then suddenly, oh, yeah. So and I've done a bunch of stuff for them since, um, which is which is lovely. Um, so that it, it really was a question of confidence, though, going back in, in terms of being able to present yourself in that way and say, I do that. Mm. Uh, and now I'm at the stage where I where I am introduced to new people um, and haven't had the chance to run away, <laughs> then, then I will say I'm a voice artist before I would say I'm a copywriter. So the trend is yeah. thankfully in the, in the right direction. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, continuing to, to push away and knock on doors. What do you think your biggest hurdles have been sort of in your journey? Well, um, myself, I think in all honesty, um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I was my biggest hurdle. Um, I, I held myself back. Mm. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that when I made initial um, investigations online, I, it felt that the industry was a bit of a closed shop. Um, there wasn't a great deal of encouragement. Um, and a lot of been told you've got a nice voice. That means nothing. Um, you know, that kind of, that kind of feeling. Um, once I'd got over my fear, which I think overall has been my biggest hurdle, um, the self doubt. Once I'd done that, once I spoke to people, they were lovely. Yeah. Universally, everyone I've met through the voiceover network and a couple of other um, organizations and groups and things I've been to has been really, really positive, encouraging, nice, decent, giving. There are Facebook groups where people, you know, ask questions from, from people who are just setting out on the journey. And it's very rare to find anyone who is negative. That's not to say there aren't some, you know, realistic responses to things, but there's very, very, very little outright negativity. Most of it is really constructive, really giving. And so to encounter quite a lot of people does suggest that a lot of the people, therefore, in in this industry are actually really, really nice people. And so what's been the biggest highlights then? Oh, um, well, I think the biggest highlight actually... um, was being shortlisted for One Voice Awards. Um, mm. I actually got I got shortlisted in 2018 for two awards, um, which was the best. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Um, I never got to make an acceptance speech, so <laughs> now's your um, chance. Go for it. Yeah, now's my chance. Yeah, um, I'd like to thank thank myself and my unique talent. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I got uh, the best newcomer because it was like, the first year I'd put myself out there and um, nominated for best um, male demo as well. Oh, wow. So that was a real, a real uh, boost to confidence. Yeah. Um, not least because that demo recording was the first time I'd ever been directed. Right. Mm. So I met a guy, Martin Fisher of Sonic Pond Studio, lovely guy, really knows his stuff, an actor and voiceover, as well as a, a guy who does really good reels. And we recorded this, and he made me feel very easy. He helped me with with choosing scripts and all that sort of thing. And um, and then we recorded it, and it wasn't anywhere near as scary as I thought it was going to be. And it yeah, it got shortlisted, which was extraordinary. 
And then the following year, I was a finalist and not a winner again. Another loser <laughs> um, for the best male TV commercial, which was obviously, again, a, a massive boost. A lot of people are in the running. And that's just that industry recognition. It's amazing to say, yeah, you are here. Yeah, and especially for someone who has a little bit of imposter syndrome, who isn't necessarily confident about everything, there's there's a definite confirmation that you're not imagining that this might be a viable thing for you to be doing. Oh, that's a beautiful little ending there. <laughs> <laughs> and And we do have to ask, as we ask all of our guests, mm. our, our final question, which is our our title question, um, which is what, what is it that sort of keeps you motivated? What is it that drives you? Or are you just too stupid to quit? <laughs> um, mortgage payments. <laughs> um, I think that's true of anything, isn't it? It's, it's you've got bills to pay. Do I want to do it in a shitter way? No, this is what I want to do. This, this is definitely more enjoyable than shoveling shit on a farm or... I don't know, um, you know, any number of jobs that you, I'm simply not manly enough, don't have enough stamina for, commitment for, too lazy to do. Uh, I don't, there's, there's all manner of things that people out there that do, that put in some serious hard work and I'm in absolute awe of. Um, yeah. And I hope that I never have to try to compete with them because I will fail. <laughs> so I, I'll stick with too stupid to quit and yeah. That's the best answer, yeah. So <laughs> I have to pay my mortgage and I don't want to shovel shit. <laughs> so we're back at that part of the podcast where we ask our guests to give us their five things which are danny what are they called <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a while since we've recorded it's the five to keep alive so it's our time capsule segment five to keep alive which is our desert island discs ripoff <laughs> um, our pandemic our pandemic feature where we ask our guests for the five things that are going to go into a time capsule to be preserved for the future of humanity um so let's start with your favorite film anthony it's a really difficult question, isn't it? Because it's a yeah. huge body of work out there. So I'm going to pick something yeah. that's terribly cultural. Um, Naked Gun. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not very at all cultural. Nice. Just very silly and very funny. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And no matter what mood you're in, you could be absolutely miserable. You know, you could have just noticed that your leg had fallen off. And if you, if you watched... <laughs> Naked gun, you'd feel better about it and probably use it as a prop. <laughs> um, our next one is your favourite TV show. Favourite TV show. I loved Peep Show. Mm, um, yeah. With David Mitchell and Robert Webb. It, yeah. Just from the very, that very first episode, A, it was just wildly different to anything else. And so honest and I don't think there could be many of us out there who weren't seeing a little bit of themselves in both of those losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it, it, it laugh out loud funny, massive mm. cringe, all the things that, even, and the silly little things like, you know, I'll have two slices of toast, white bread for pudding, 
brown bread for me. Those sorts of little, <laughs> silly little bits of life that, that a lot of us actually do and don't voice because they would reveal who we are. Yeah. The Peep Show yeah. does that. And um, funnily enough, something you said earlier, there was a there was a phrase or a sentence you used earlier in the interview, and I just thought, ah, oh, so peep showy. Really? So it's obviously rubbed off on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the third one is your favourite album. This one for me was probably the most difficult one. Um, that is difficult because um, music is so much about mood, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. So I. I'm going to say my instinctive response is Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. Um, Sounds of Silence. Yeah. Because it's it was one of the earliest albums I ever listened to. Um, right. Obviously, you haven't been made years before I was born. Um, but my, my parents, my mother particularly, listened to a bit of Simon and Garfunkel. Um, When's it from? Is it from the 60s? 60s, yeah. I can't remember which year that one was. Yeah. Pub, uh, was released. The Sound of Silence was uh, 1964. Yeah. yeah, so long before I was born, but it's I think it's timeless, and I think that's the thing. Um, I, there are plenty of other musicians I enjoy, but you, I think you could, I can listen to Simon Garf- Garfunkel at any point and appreciate it. I think I don't need to be in a particular mood, and I think the lyrics and the, the melodies are just extraordinary sometimes. I think it's a brilliant choice. Thank you. I think the the next one's going to be an interesting choice. What is your your favourite book? Yeah. Presumably your Underworld series. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic and ought to be preserved. Uh, um, You're right, though. It should be a series. Not just one. A series. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think P.G. Woodhouse um, and any of the Jeeves and Worcester series because I think they're beautiful hilarious writing um, yep. to the point that i actually had to go and have a, a root can- this is a bit of a strange side bar um i had to go and have a root canal done um a couple of years ago and i don't actually listen to audiobooks very much i prefer to read mm, um right but i i thought hang on if i've got to put put up with all that awful drilling and pain and discomfort and and self-consciousness and all those things that go mm. with having people putting their you know half an arm inside your mouth <laughs> then surely i need a distraction and so i why have i not thought of this before i will download an audiobook yeah. i will download some jeeves and worcester it was delivered so well that i'm while being drilled into laughing <laughs> and i think that's the sign of good writing Got to be careful how you say that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Yes. <laughs> final one is a well, it's, an, it's actually the penultimate one, uh, but the, the final physical item is a, a piece of visual art of some description. So, a painting, photo, sculpture, something like that. Uh, Edward Hopper's Nighthawks. Google. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Hopper's Nighthawks. I don't know a lot about. But I don't want to see when I look at that. So it appears to be some 1920s American sitting in a diner or a coffee 1940s. house? 1940s. 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 Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a coffee, coffee house at night. Oh, it's lovely, isn't yeah. it? It's just kind of and moody. You, and... yeah. Are you planning on forging this for your, your art forging <laughs> career? <laughs> what was it? Was it Bob? Bob's? Yeah. <laughs> Bob, Bob's professional art yeah yeah good idea i'll start on it as soon as we finish <laughs> <laughs> probably knock it off in about 10 minutes and finally we've got our um, a piece of our, um advice sorry we just had a piece of our, our piece of advice 
to pass on to future generations, to inspire mm. them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't usually come to me for advice on many things. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the chief bit of advice I would have is to try to get a handle on self-doubt. Mm. That's a good one. Because I wasted a lot of years talking myself out of making a proper go of voiceover. Yeah. Um, Ten years when I could have been making a name for myself and making money or, or finding out that I'm, I'm not good enough and doing something else, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm a procrastinator anyway, so I find it very easy to fall into that trap of putting something off until the next day or the next week or the next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that lack of conviction meant that I didn't kind of pluck up the courage to learn more, let alone take that leap of faith and put myself out there. So that all came down to self-doubt. I think it's. I think that's really relatable. Mm. Um, how how have you got a handle on it? Who said I had? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I said try to try to get, try to get a handle on self doubt. Yeah. yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for spending a bit of time with us this morning. Pleasure. Um, I'd I'd like to big you up as a a VO, but I think this whole episode has been a testament to your incredible voice and uh, just being a fucking all-round top guy. So thank you. That is very kind. Yeah. Thank you very much, Danny. Thank you, Josh. Thanks so much for coming. You're yeah. very welcome. Thanks Brilliant. for having me. I'm very flattered, honoured, privileged to be here oh. and, be told <laughs> to, and be told to piss off at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Love you. See bye. you later. See you. Bye. 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 bye, 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 bye.